Already full, then it's bound to overflow If you're drowning in the waters and you can't stay afloat Ask Hashem for mercy He'll throw you a rope, you're looking for help from God Where he couldn't be found Searching up to the sky, looking beneath the ground Like a king without his crown, you'll keep falling down And really want to leave, but can I get rid of your crown? You're trying to reach onto the heights and round down Bound on the ground, giving up your pride Then you heard a sound, now the fly comes there Out of play comes light, now the fly to the one like sunlight in a ray I give myself to you from the essence of my beginning I sing to my God Songs of love and healing I want Mashiach now Time it starts a beating What's this feeling? My love will rip a hole in the ceiling I give myself to you from the essence of my beginning I sing to my God Songs of love and healing I want Mashiach now The song you just listened to was King Without a Crown by Matis Yahoo. And we, this is, you're listening to now to Student Radio Maastricht on 107.5 FM, RTV Maastricht. This is Zaki, your host and tech with today, for today. I'm here with Salo. Hello. Katinka. Hi. And our guest, Ethan. Hello. Yes. Um, today we are talking about a very important topic, anti-Semitism. Um, yeah, there's, it's, something that's been, it's something that's been happening for, you know, the past centuries and yeah it's something that i think it's really important to talk about particularly nowadays with it's something that's rising around a lot of the west um yeah 
yeah. So, Ethan, you want to talk more about this potentially? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can talk uh, a bit more about anti-Semitism just in general. So first of all, I guess it's important to start with the definition, first of all, right? Even though today it's contentious because most people say that some definitions matter, some don't. But in general, the broad terms would be that it's hostility to or discrimination or prejudice towards uh, the Jewish people, right? Not the Jewish faith, not the religion, but the Jewish people as an ethno-religion. So um, yeah, basically right now there is a lot of that happening, at least by the description that I just gave. And uh, there's a lot to talk about, at least in the European context and even in Maastricht. And you are Jewish yourself, right? Yes, yes, I'm Jewish myself. Uh, Detail to throw in there (laughs) for everybody listening that, you know, um, well, I guess you know what you were talking about. Is this something that you've, if we look at this definition, is this something that you've experienced yourself as well? Um, Yeah, definitely. So first of all, let me further introduce myself, at least in that regard. I'm a Belgian-Israeli, so uh, most of my family lives uh, in Israel. Uh, Aside from that, I'm, quote-unquote, I guess, a leader of the Jewish community here in Maastricht. I basically try to bring in a bit more representation uh, in academia and also in terms of making sure that Jewish students feel safe and representing themselves as Jewish and also leading that conversation because there's a lot of ignorance going around. Um, And how do I basically feel it? Yeah, well, I felt it, especially during the last year, um, basically by trying to have more Jewish inclusion at the university and throughout the city. Uh, There have been some cases, of course, of threats and death threats for our community members, and that has increased, obviously, during the last flare-ups worldwide, but also in Maastricht. I myself, as maybe as a random Jewish citizen or maybe as a a prominent figure, at least in the Jewish community, I have uh, had... uh, I suppose an incident happened against me a couple months ago where my mezuzah, which is basically a Jewish symbol, which is supposed to be hung outside of your door, was uh, destroyed because it had a Star of David on it um, and the little prayer scroll inside was uh, ripped out. And after that, I got a whole uh, swastika carved into my door. So, yeah, yeah, basically it wasn't a fun experience, but it just showed me in a way it was more empowering because it showed me that the sentiment is out there but it just takes one idiot to do something about it. So mm. after that, we basically organized a protest and we were able to actually represent ourselves. And since then, it has been very a very tough fight in terms of representation, but we hope to take it forward. Yeah, yeah I think it's very scary that these things are still happening, uh, but especially um, having something like that carved in your door. I mean, Saki, we've gotten angry about these symbols being around town, right? They're carved in benches in the in the park and stuff like that. And every time I see it, I'm like, what? why? Well, haven't we learned anything from history? Yeah, well, I, I guess in a way, yeah, there is ignorance and I, there's some hate and there's some ignorance. I think it's very hard to distinguish sometimes, but I think the first step to do is basically not uh, in a sense, identify people as being anti-Semitic because that's not something good. I think their education needs to be brought forward, oh. you know, either about what happened 70 years ago or just by being more communication with uh, Jewish individuals and being able to ask them in a respectful way things about their identity. Because often when I get here in Maastricht, and this is what I've experienced over the last three years, when I tell people I'm Jewish or something related to Israel, I always get the same questions or uh, the same comments. So like, oh, wow, you're the first Jew I ever met uh, or things like that. Or tell me about, uh, tell me about the Israel-Palestine conflict. I get those kind of <laughs> oh, questions right, all yeah. the time. 
you know. And Tell me about the one thing I know because I saw it on the news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or on Instagram or this or that. But yeah, basically right now I'm trying to really push uh, for a presentation, uh, not in a demonizing way towards any one shape or form. I am associated with Stand With Us and the European Jewish Association and basically making sure that this goal is brought forward and that we can do this across Europe. Nice, nice. Thank you so much. Um, it is now time to go to go to our first, well, second song, um, which is a song that you recommended, um, Prayer for the Mothers by Yel Deckelbaum. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, can you talk a little bit about the song? Yeah, basically the song is um, Israeli and, uh, I suppose, Palestinian um, activists or mothers coming together in this case and basically wishing for a more hopeful future in terms where uh, peace can be established and we stop looking at things from one side or the other. So... I think this is a very important song and very actual that needs to be enjoyed and cherished. Awesome. Thank you so much. So, yeah, Prayer for the Mothers by Yael Duckelbaum, among others, a lot of other people featuring, featured in the song. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you, peace. 
Shalom. Hello, welcome back here at RTV Maastricht, Student Radio Maastricht 107.5. You just listened to Prayer of the Mothers by Jarl Dackelbaum. I'm Salo, and with me is Zaki. Hey. Ethan. Hello. And Katinka. Hi. Yeah, so we just talked, started talking about anti-Semitism, and we got a bit deeper into protests here at Maastricht, Uh, against anti-Semitism and um, yeah you just told us in the break Ethan that um, there was some kind of incident mm -hmm. a few days ago um, yeah this was more about a few months ago but I can talk months about ago, uh, okay. a few days Sorry. ago as well no worries no worries um, basically we were talking about um, the anti-Semitic incident that happened in my, my place with the whole swastika inside carved into my door uh, and basically after that a week after we decided to join the anti-racism protest which was taking place at the Wrighthof. Um, although things went well the first time uh, we managed to make a statement and it was quite well heard by the majority of people around the second time um, we had heard that from the organizer group there had been uh, several people that wanted to basically um, exclude the posters that we had made showing our uh, solidarity with the Uyghur community, right? Never again right now. That is something that we are very occupied with as a Jewish community, not only in Maastricht, but in other places as well. And uh, since it featured the Star of David and the Uyghur flag, right? The Star of David as uh, the Jewish people. Um, we had heard that the conversation inside the organizer group had turned into more of a discussion on whether we should be included or not promote this yes or not um, in the sense that it was basically understood that the star of david was not gonna attract quote-unquote uh, people from the left or muslims and they were basically uh, against their entire point of uh, inclusion and uh, that was maybe gonna anger some people because of the connotations with the zionist states or zionism as a whole now it seems that at least trying to silence people was not the best strategy applied here because we came up with even more people after hearing about this as a Jewish community. And it just basically shows you that the whole concept of intersectionality, at least in activist circles, sometimes has a problem with addressing anti-Semitism or the inclusion of Jews overall. And may I just say that I think that it is one absolutely vile, but I think it also just really just shows really how anti-Semitism in general, it just, undercuts all of these movements and that's really why I think the purpose of anti-Semitism is it, there's I've read some re one of the research um, there's uh, one pamphlet that I read called um, The Past Didn't Go Anywhere by April Rosenbaum in the United States and she says that anti-Semitism's job is really to make ruling classes invisible in that you know it, it, it provides a scapegoat mm -hmm. which 
I, I think is a real. This really illustrates that point perfectly. Yeah, because it's so. It's. I mean, you just told it, and, and it it makes me so mad, obviously. But I also don't get it. Like you're you're organizing an anti-racism protest. You're you're preaching inclusivity of everybody, all the people, all the races, all the faiths. But then you don't want to have Jews there because there's a bad rep. I'm like, what? It's so. It's such a disconnect in what the goal of this protest actually was. But then also, I think it's it shows how big this problem actually is and if I hear you say Ethan like um, a lot of people say oh you're the first Jew that I ever met in my life and like that's probably not true but it shows how people keep that to themselves maybe or are not coming out as a Jew <laughs> maybe very easily and I think that's very shocking because it's more uh, at least that's what I believe, but um, I'm not Jewish. Mm-hmm. I figured out that my grandpa is actually, we figured that out a few years ago, but okay. I never knew. Mazel um, then. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, but it's it's more than just a religion that you grew up with or not, right? Because that's what I see with a lot of Catholic friends of mine that, all right, I'm Catholic, I got baptized, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Maybe go to church around Christmas time, but then that's it. But I think being Jewish is way more of a culture and... Exactly. Uh, it's a, it's it's such a big part of who you are and your identity and your upgrowing. It says so much about, mm-hmm. yeah, where you are from, I guess. And and so it's very shocking if you cannot just tell people that. It's yeah, it is very because it's such a weird thing to understand for people, right? Because most Jews, most all Jews, would not even say that Judaism is a religion, right? Yeah. Uh, I know that's a bit shocking to hear, but if you believe in the Prophet um, Muhammad, then you're a uh, Muslim, but if you don't, then that's something else. The same goes with Christianity and the Prophet system. But you can still be Jewish and completely secular. We see it more as a part of our identity, our culture, our upbringing, tradition, you know, being able to trace back our roots. Um, and also having this whole Jewish education, which at times can be inclusive, at times can uh, not be inclusive, but it's something that people have to come to terms with because um, if I can basically put it correctly, most people or most Jews indirectly see Judaism as a portable suitcase in the form Mm -hmm. where basically after the expulsion, which I'm sure some of you are aware of uh, from Judea, we created Judaism, right? So Judea uh, is, yeah, basically a piece of land in the Middle East. And that's the last place where we were (coughs) expelled as the Jewish people. So we created that suitcase to preserve our identity wherever we wander around the world, right? So we all, I feel personally close to an Ethiopian Jew as I feel close to Kaifeng Jews, which are Chinese Jews. Uh, There's all over all types of things. And I think there's real potential for people to learn about this. And uh, regarding your other points as well from before, um, and, and regarding intersectionality, I think it's also important to mention that, you know, at least what uh, organizers had responded to this um, or their reaction really showed that uh, there's this misconception that anti-Semitism has to be politicized and it is mm-hmm. politicized, you know. People from the left would say that it only exists in the right, uh, right-hand sphere and vice versa. So maybe people should start listening to Jewish individuals instead of just blaming it on quote unquote extremists from the other side. You know, we're not somebody you can, you know, we're not a tool you can play with for your own political agenda. And you need to be able to listen to us. Do you think that that is maybe part of this problem that being Jewish is more than just a religion? So people won't just get you on your religion, but they can also like, kind of air quotes get you on your culture or the land that you are from or mm-hmm. it's like so many different ways to 
be against Jewish people, I guess, if you want to look at from that. Exactly. Can I say it like that? I know it's not yeah. nice, but it is kind of what is going on, right? Yeah, yeah there's definitely anti-Semitic tropes and anti-Semitic canards, which are uh, as old as centuries and which some of them have been transported into the Israel-Palestine conflict, you know? Some of the things that we see Zionists being accused of are the exact same thing that Jews have been accused of for centuries and millennia. So um, at least on that regard, there's definitely that needs to be addressed. And um, yeah, there's a lot of tropes, a lot of just misconceptions, even about the fact that yes, it's a culture, yes, it's an identity. And I can tell you that it's a bit more complicated. We also get accused of being dual loyal uh, citizens, right? That we will care more about Israel than anything else in the world and that we're always controlling this Jewish agenda. Um, I really don't believe that's the case. Uh, obviously, Israel is important to the Jewish identity, but more in the concept of uh, Basically, it's a Jewish homeland. It's always a plan B, and certainly in Europe, right? At least with the recent terror attacks, there have been so many people that decided to move to Israel because they consider that place safer for them than actually in Western Europe with quote-unquote security. Mm. So, Crazy. yeah, definitely things need to change. And I can tell you, I don't. F I'm as I said, I'm born in Belgium, but to Israeli parents, and we have never really stayed in the same country for more than one generation. So, how am I supposed to have a national affiliation yeah. and? Feel, you know, be connected to a certain European country, for example, or sort of Western, Western country, when generation after generation, we just see what happens, whether it be pogroms, the Holocaust, and not only in the European context, but also in North Africa, where things have still happened in the Middle East. You know, this is a global problem. This is not only people just like to say that we cry too much about the Holocaust, but this is just a phenomenon which is everywhere. I get chased away over and over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, I think it's time for a song, and then um, I would love to know a bit more about the Jewish community in Maastricht. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you can tell us what it's actually about. I will, I will. What is our next song, Zaki? What do you um, have for us? Our next song is by Nathan Goshen. It is called I Came to Dream, or in uh, Hebrew, it is Bati Lachlom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, hope y'all enjoy. All right. <laughs> אבל הכי בוער לי זה איך אני עובר את היום בא לי לנתק, אני לא יודע אולי כי זה מרגיש שהשעון שלי דופק דבר איתי על איך בונים בניין שלא נופל חזק ביסודות, חופשי מדאגות לאחרונה כל מה שאני עושה זה לנקות כמעט כל השנה שאלתי שאלות איך הכל מותר ולא נעים וחופשיות איך בונים מוסר בעמים הנהגת שחיתות איך אפשר להתקדם אם לא מודים שזו טעות איך אוכלים כשר היום ועשר הבנות איך פוליטיקאים עוד עוצמים את העיניים ואיך יש אנשים שעוד בוכים לזה כפיים וכמה אני מקטר ביום שישי בצהריים אבא כחמיא לשים לב אני כבר בן שלושים ושתיים אני באתי ויש לי רשימה שלא נגמרת של דברים שהתחייבתי לעשות והנשמה בוכה כשמדברים איתה פחות שלי היא מפגינה, יוצאת לרחובות היא מחכה שאשים לב אז היא הולכת וחוזרת צועקת בקולות עד שאשמע מה היא אומרת אולי שלא אשכח אני אקשור עליה סרט כשתבוא אני אשאל אותה אם כל זה רק חלום 
מי אני היום ומזור אני בדמי? האם אני בחרתי או החליטו במקומי? איך אני תקוע כבר שנים בתוך הגוף הזה ולא מכיר את עצמי אם לא אני דפוק אז מי? איך אני מרגיש אם לא אני אז מי ישאל? מי יסביר לי מה מפחיד אותי ממה אני נבהל? ומה קרה ללב שלי מאז שהוא נפל? הוא לא פועם שווה לבדוק אם הוא עובד או מקולקל כי אני באתי Welcome back. You're still listening to Student Radio Maastricht here at RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. I am Katinka here in the studio with Salo. Hello. Our wonderful tech, Zaki. Hello, hello, hello. And our special guest, Ethan. Hello. So we're talking, uh, yeah, about Jews <laughs> and everything around that. Uh, we went a bit down, uh, down the dark path of this uh, anti-Semitism and how, um, yeah, All the Jewish people around are being chased away for generations. It became a bit sad, but I think it's important to talk about this and uh, be very realistic about what is actually going on. And so I'm very um, happy that you want to share that with us, Ethan. But maybe on a more positive note, what is happening here in Maastricht? If there is maybe any Jewish students or people listening, what what is going on in the community here? Or if there's new students coming, where can they go? What mm-hmm. uh, Can you tell us a bit more about that? Because you are very involved, right? Yeah, you do yeah. a lot. Yeah, definitely. I try to represent uh, the community at the university, try to represent them in the city, make sure that Jewish students feel safe. Uh, but yeah, basically in short, uh, first of all, for the Jewish uh, students that are listening, here's a shout out to you. What's up? Shalom. Basically, regarding that, uh, yeah, we have a community which right now is trying to establish itself in the light of recent events, whether it be from uh, the anti-Semitic uh, content that's been reached reach online or direct threats. But we really see that now is a time where we have to organize ourselves. So what we're trying to do is, first of all, have some representation at the university. And secondly, try to create more events and make sure that we are actually a community in which once um, more Jewish students arrive in Maastricht, that they can actually feel home, feel safe somewhere, right? Which isn't a luxury, which is done everywhere in Western Europe. There's places like, for example, Berlin, where the mayor has said that it's best for Jews not to walk around with a kippah or a yarmulke, depending. Um, so that was uh, a bit concerning. And That's for us, it, it's yeah. a bit more that you have to mask your identity and we don't want it to be that case anymore. So right now I can't even put a number on the amount of Jewish students because before and after the first protest, the anti-racism protest, we saw at least 15 more people join our community. Uh, and basically they saw that there was some kind of presence, some kind of voice. But before mm-hmm. that, they would have to stumble into a random Jewish person in Maastricht and they would have to be told about this Jewish WhatsApp students group. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's very strange. But uh, yeah, right now we're still trying to find our members and trying to make sure that they can actually identify themselves as such and be 
uh, well, I, I suppose be either more outspoken about it and be comfortable about it, or they can join some events to actually come up with that identity again. And that, again, Jewish identity is not only going to the synagogue, it's being able yeah, to like exactly. stand together as a community. And actually we have so many traditions, festivals and cultures, um, which basically come together. And I think it's very important that people are aware of that, that we're not a monolith. And uh, at least in Maastricht right now, um, we're just hoping that the c community continues to grow so uh, that we can actually be represented by the Diversity Inclusivity Office because mm -hmm. we've been in contact with them, but we want to keep pushing for inclusion through events, through communication chambers and so forth. Yeah, be more out there. Exactly. Sorry, Salem. No worries. <laughs> uh, I was just wondering for the university part, uh, how does it work? Who are you in contact with? And do you plan some things? How, how are you represented in the university or now and what would you want to change there maybe? Right, um, so uh, we first got in contact with the university at the beginning of this uh, year, I guess 2021 or late 2020. Um, and it was basically to talk about the fact that uh, on International Holocaust Remembrance Day, the Student Service Center posted something about happy National Chocolate Cake Day, you know. Uh, <laughs> And that was the first and only thing that I saw. And besides that, we only talk about Jews in two contexts in the university, right? We talk about them as victims during World War II or as aggressors in the Middle East. There is no in-between. And that just shows you the ignorance that needs to be addressed, especially in such a university that is like extremely international. So what am I doing specifically with Diversity Inclusivity Office? Well, I'm trying to, first of all, make sure that the students, whether they be Jewish or not, know a bit more about the Jewish people, that, that they know as well how to debate uh, civ in a civil way about the Israel-Palestine conflict and actually know that we have to build bridges rather than gaps. We have to look at things from a peace framework. That doesn't mean that you're not allowed to criticize some things, but you, you should be able to criticize as to make the situation better, not to make one side quote-unquote win versus the loss at the other one it's not a zero-sum game so we basically want there to be more communication and that the university takes a bigger role in this conversation rather than step away from it and let students uh, demonize each other and uh, polarize each other yeah i think that's uh that's really important do you do you think you could plan some workshops or events that also include non-Jewish students to yeah, learn more about your culture? Definitely, definitely. I think that's a whole plan overall that we're trying to do. And with my work with the European Jewish Association, I hope to be able to bring more people of note to Maastricht so that there is some kind of conversation going on rather than just screaming into echo chambers uh, on social media. So <laughs> honestly, I'll take anything and feel free to reach out uh, if you have any ideas or something you would like to know about the Jewish people as a whole. We are very happy in terms of willing to represent ourselves if it's in a fair and respectable way. So yeah, we're definitely looking forward to hearing about what people want to know about a minority which only makes 0.2% of the entire worldwide population. Oh. Oh. Thank you so much. Uh, it's about time to go to our next song though, um, which is by Idan Reichel. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, it is called Scraps of Life or Sheriat Shel Chaim. Yes, uh, yeah. Hope y'all enjoy. Um, yeah, Scraps of Life by Idan Reichel. Hello. 
הזמן מסמן לי זה הכל שריות של החיים ולחיות את הרגע להתחיל לאסוף את השבעים אולי אצא יותר להתחיל להסתדר ולעשות קצת רעש אולי מקום אחר, מקום יותר בועט להתחיל קצת לקלקל ולתקן עוד פעם ולחיות את הרגע, להתחיל לאסוף את השפעה. אולי יצא יותר, אתחיל קצת למים, להתחיל להסתדר ולעשות קצת רעש, אולי מקום אחר, מקום יותר בועט. להתחיל קצת לקלקל ולתקן Yes, this is Scraps of Life by Idan Reichel. I uh, hope you all enjoy the song. This is Student Radio Maastricht on RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. This is Aki, co-host and tech for today. Um, I'm here with Salo, another co-host. Hello. As well as Katinka. Hi. And our guest, Ethan. Hello, hello. Yeah, so today, um, so this, I mean, not today, but for this section, we're going to go out to a little bit of a controversial topic. Um, mm. but, the, I, but talking about um, anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism, are they the same thing? And also, you know, how can we criticize Israel? Because I think it is important to be able to criticize the government of Israel. But how can we do this in a way that is not anti-Semitic? Okay, um, here we go. Go, Ethan. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, this is a, <laughs> I know this is a very controversial issue, but I think we need to first of all understand the terminology that's used in this case, right? So I think there's a big misconception with people not even knowing what Zionism means in the first place, right? Because as, especially during the latest flare-up, it's just been used in any kind of way, any kind of concept. And Zionism, by, I think, should be defined by the people that use it, not by the people that are anti-it, because you're not going to reach anywhere. And if you think that you criticizing the Israeli government means that you're anti-Zionist, I'm sorry to say you're completely wrong. Because 
Israel as a democracy, that's the whole thing that we, you know, we haven't been able to, besides, you know, what happened recently with the newest election before that, there were four elections in which we were so contentious and we're criticizing this and that. That's, and it's, it's a way of life, I guess, in Israel as well. It's a hobby of just criticizing government. But none of us consider ourselves as anti-Zionist because Zionism in its uh, simplest form and most basic form that most people would agree with uh, is the definition is that it just means the self-determination of the Jewish people in their ancestral homeland, right? If, you're, if you support a two-state solution, guess what, buddy? You're a Zionist. You're a little Zionist. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, basically, aside from that, it's just the name for the self-determination movement. And, you know, you might be thinking of political Zionism in the late 19th century, but Zionism as a concept has existed since, yeah, millennia, since we were kicked out of Judea. And uh, it's included our tradition, culture, and a lot of things throughout history. Um, there has always been the yearning to go back. But yeah, as I said, it's a self-determination movement for the Jewish people. Uh, there is no name for it for, for example, French people in France or Germans in Germany, right? It's just the name of it. So declaring yourself as anti-Zionist um, basically means that you're against the self-determination of a people. If you believe that no people should have self-determination, then you're not anti-Semitic. But in the sense that you don't believe that Jewish people should have self-determination, then that says, in that case, it's anti-Semitic. Now, that doesn't mean that Palestinians also don't deserve to have self-determination. Those both, both those goals are not mutually exclusive and that needs to be understood. You need to be able to have that conversation. Uh, and yeah, there have, injustices, inju there have been injustices on all sides and that needs to be addressed, but in a constructive way and through, the, through a peace framework. Uh, so that actually makes sense. I wouldn't say that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism, but it is a form of it if you completely mm. understand the definition and uh, you ask this to people that understand what Zionism is, mainly the people that attach that parts of Zionism to that identity. I don't identify myself publicly or you know, um, I, I don't introduce myself with this concept, you know, like, what's up? I'm Ethan, 21 years old, a Zionist, you know, it's, it's not something like that. You know? <laughs> in your bio. Exactly. But people have found a way in terms of saying instead of Jewish propaganda, it's Zionist propaganda, right? Uh, instead of um, Jewish schemery or Jewish, uh, Jews controlling the media, it's Zionist controlling the media, you know, mm. and, and in a sense, there needs to be some nuance when we're talking about this. Do you feel like that's a way to kind of go around the problem that's already there? the problem that's already or like if the anti-semitism is very known i think everybody knows what that means mm -hmm. no one knows what that's about and now this is like a new hectic political thing that is going on and mm -hmm. people are just getting distracted by that um uh, yeah. and ta start talking about that and having mm -hmm. opinions about that and and are completely forgetting what ha is and has been going on for mm -hmm generations here you know definitely around the corner yeah your front door exactly and uh especially this feels scary in the european context because we yeah. see the exact same trends going on but i think it should also be mentioned in the sense that um yeah anti-zionism has its uh faults um and people that identify themselves as maybe anti-zionist are not particularly bad or bad meaning i think there just needs to be some basic re -educa education on what exactly it is and uh you were saying that this is really the first time well i'd like to enlighten and basically say that no uh basically look at it from world war ii and post world war ii right in the sense that anti-semitism was out of fashion you can really do it but 
somebody found a way to go around it. Yeah. Stalled it in the 1950s and 1960s, uh, and basically the USSR government for a while just started locking up their uh, Jewish citizens. Instead of using the anti-Semitism thing, no, 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 they were just accusing them of being Zionist spies. So this has a history yeah. before, and people need to look into that, into the 60s and 70s, because yeah, you need to be able to criticize Israel, and that's a constructive way. You need to be able to know who to target, not the notion of Israel as a whole, because you're not going to make a lot of friends with Jews if you say that. It's been found out that about 90 to 95% of Jews worldwide agree with the basic identity or the basic concept of Zionism, in a sense, right? And it shouldn't be vilified, and people should have so stop having that conversation of, hmm, should Israel maybe exist? I think you're 73 years too late for that, buddy. So at the end of the <laughs> They, yeah, you can wish for a Palestinian state and Palestinian freedom, but that doesn't need to be at the cost of regular Israelis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and you could really see how it was misunderstood these past weeks with everything going on in Europe that people clearly did not have enough information and projected everything happening on Jews living in Europe by being violent against them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it happened in Europe, happened in the US. There's been so many cases, which, you know, I don't think I have the time to even mention that on the radio right now. But I highly um, expect people, oh no, not I expect, I uh, highly recommend for people to look into these cases and actually also look into the prior case of Soviet anti-Zionism because mm -hmm. it has a lot of elements uh, that are, you know, also related to this. Yeah, I think that's also, I think that's what I was to say, that's, say that talk about what's happening and what happened in the Soviet Union because I think I see parallels in this in the United States because during the Red Scare, a lot of times, there were a lot of times, uh, potentially Jewish radicals who were targeted for potentially being communist. Um, for example, uh, there was a Jewish couple whose name is completely escaping me right now, but they were actually executed by the United States because they were accused of being Soviet Soviet spies. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, I, see, I see it continually how, it just sees how Jewish people have just always served as a scapegoat for a lot of people in these situations. But it is also time to go to our next song, um, which is um, a song that I chose. Um, it's uh, a Nigun, uh, uh, which is uh, songs that are basically passed down through through passed down through basically um, yeah Jewish families and they're kind of sung and yeah I cannot I can't talk about all of the context around it um, but it is a Toler Nigun um, it's a song that I heard for, was, I first heard of it from a friend of mine who is Jewish in Philadelphia shout out Rafi Schneider um, yeah <laughs> so enjoy Toler Nigun. Thank you. 
uh, yes, you're listening to the Tulna Nugun, um, played by Siach Hasadeh, um, a group that plays uh, Jewish music. Nice. Really fun. Really nice group. Um, you're also listening to Student Radio Maastricht on RTV Maastricht, 107.5 FM. This is Aki, your co-host in tech, here with Salo. Hello. Katinka. Hi. And Ethan. Hi. Yeah, so, closing thoughts. Um, yeah, let's do our best in all of our movements to avoid anti-Semitism in as much as we possibly can and one guy that I would say that I could that I could give to anyone listening and if was, who's like doing movements and are you know you might want to do critic critic criticize the Israel government but in a way that isn't anti-semitic be as accurate clear and specific as possible and criticize actions not people um, you know, you can say that Israel has an ongoing record of human rights offenses, but if you say that the hu- Israel is the worst human rights violator than most or all other countries, that's anti-Semitic. You know, you can say, you, you know, do, do you have to be as clear and specific as possible, as much as you possibly can, because do you, otherwise you can very easily veer into these canards and these tropes that people have repeated for centuries and centuries. Um, I think also what is very important to mention, if you guys want to look further into this, there is Nathan Sheransky's uh, definition of anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism, uh, which is basically the three Ds. If you delegitimize the concept of Israel, if there's a double standard applied, and if you demonize Israelis or the Israeli government. Also, one little note on uh, what you said. It's, yeah, there is Jewish music, but though this is Ashkenazi music or Klezmer music. Yes, yes, whole. yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, I just want to say that there's multiple forms of this and that. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, because it's, it, 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 is, it is a culture, but it's because it's been spread throughout the world. It's mm-hmm. also, you know, then there's then different forms. There's different forms of it. Of definitely, course, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Awesome. And um, talk to a Jew. Right. <laughs> yeah, talk to you. And if you want to reach out to me, you can of course uh, do that, or with the local Jewish community in Maastricht. If you want to follow me on Instagram, where I discuss these types of issues, uh, please just follow at Ethan G Bergman, G from Giraffe. Uh, and yeah, hope to hear from you soon. If you have any more further questions. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Ethan, for being here, explaining all these things. Uh, th- these are obviously very complicated issues. There's so many. Yeah, ways to approach a problem like this, but also I think there's so so much around it that people just get lost in what is actually going on. And I think you give us a lot of wonderful insights on what is actually going on and how we can work on improvement because um, we need to do that all together. I think as a society. Mm. Do you know any Jews, Salome? Besides Ethan, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't count. <laughs> I do, but I definitely think I know more than I know of. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Alright, so um, yeah, hashtag yeah. talk to a Jew, let's work exactly. on that for the new academic year. <laughs> In either case, thank you so much for having me on. Honestly, I'm very happy that uh, you know I'm able to make some people rethink some things here and there and that we should all stand up for each other as minority without exception. Yeah. Thank, thank you for fun. coming. Thank you. Our last song, Zuki, what do you have for us? Uh, uh, by my by my favorite Rotterdamse musician, uh, Stavdaliza, the song Human. Perfect song to to end the show, I think, <laughs> yeah, in my absolutely. opinion. Perfect. Yep. Enjoy. Thank you so much, RTV, for hosting us. Um, you're listening to Student Radio Maastricht, 107.5 FM. Closing out. Enjoy. Go with my old, I don't know
nothing. 